This afternoon we're still in Revelation, I mean Isaiah the 56th chapter. Reading and studying ahead on this or whatever, the next couple of chapters, like they said, there's a lot of rebuke in this. this. But it's not like a lot of people think that the Bible is easy and they just come to it. You can just come to church on Sundays, if you have church on Sunday or Saturday, the Sabbath day and of just Bible study and then go home or whatever and you're a Christian or whatever. What he called those the lazy Christians, they're not hearing what John the Baptist was saying when he says he must increase and I must decrease. You have to die to self. So that means Christ is going to be consistently gaining more and more of your life until your life is completely his life. You trying to save your life and that's what the Sabbath and all that about is your self-pleasure, your leisure time. It's about self. And so you can't just an hour, two hours a week and know God and have much knowledge. That's why his people perish. Here, what we say to one, we say to all. Let's finish where we started the other day, listening what he said to the shepherds. He said, all ye, verse 9, all ye beasts of the field come to devour, yea, all ye beasts in the forest. He's calling false prophets, false teachers. He's calling governments of the world. This is the judgment coming upon the world and the church. Look at this. He had invited his people to come in and drink, to drink of the water freely, to, to eat and drink. But also, the tares, you remember when he planted this harvest and went and rested, the devil came in and planted the tares also. And he said, just let them grow together. So inside the church, inside God's people, there are the wicked. And he invites them because he's going to condemn sin in the flesh. So whether this was to Babylon or whether it was to Assyria when he called them to be the rod that punishes his people, he was going to discipline Israel. He was going to discipline Judah. One of them, Israel, he disciplined with Assyria, which is, was the rod of his anger. He used Babylon to take Judah into captivity. With the church, he's using false prophets and false teachers to discipline the church. So there will be a lot of people, you see it nowadays, that the churches are going to use and abuse, I mean even God's people, because they're not very knowledgeable, they're not working, Not they're not being alert, they're not being warned that there are people that's going to prey on the sheep out there, P-R-E-Y. In other words, take advantage of you. They are those now putting every dollar into the church. Some churches are having service all the time to keep the people focused in there to fleece the flock. You see some of them, not so much now that they have so many different avenues of media or whatever, but they used to be selling this to their own people. CDs and things where you buying the sermons, where you actually pay for that as you're a member of the church or whatever. Are you going to send me a sermon back that you preaching, man? But they're making money. They make merchandise of the people. They were lazy preying on the people. But we're not there yet. I skipped that ninth verse. Mm -hmm. 
we at the 10th verse. His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving the slumber. Remember I told you in the Bible, when you hear the word sleeping and loving the slumber, all of that was wickedness and evilness. Sleep and slumber is always pictured of weak people, of, of wickedness or whatever, because sleep is kind of not natural. You never see God speaking of his people as sleeping, you know, consistent unless he has part of the analogy of it. Not saying that you don't sleep. That's why he says Jesus was in the sleep in the boat because he was tired of his at his ministry. He was resting in the boat and they woke him up. But sleep here is pictured, he says, sleeping in slumber. In other words, they lack activity. They lack a danger. They're not busy. Idleness, and they say an idle mind is the workshop of the devil. They picture things about idleness. He says, yea, they are greedy dogs which can never have enough. And they are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, every one from his for his own gain from his quarter. These shepherds are stealing from one another, you know, and they have different ways of raising money and causing church growth and all that. But that's not biblical. Those are traditions that come from man. Those are words and teaching and preaching. Those, those not from God's doctrine. That's not the teaching of the word of God. And that's why Paul said he chose to work and wouldn't take anything from the Corinthians or whatever. But preachers and things want you to take care of them now and want you to just, they're greedy, they're covetous. And with that mentality, what it is, it's the blind leading the blind. The majority of the people in the churches that are like that, they have that same spirit themselves. That's why he says, my people love it to have it that because birds of a feather. Birds of a feather normally flock together. He says, come, yea, they say, I will fetch wine and we will fill ourselves with strong drink and tomorrow shall be as this day and much more abundant. In other words, your best life now, it's always about partying. It's always about carousing and having a good time and abundance. But God says, they're being devoured. It's like he says he was going to send the canker worm and the caterpillar to eat up your finances, to eat up that which you have. There are a lot of people going to church today. They don't have much at their own homes or whatever, but they put money and stuff into the churches or whatever, thinking that they're pleasing God and all of the works and feeding the needy and the church have them busy because they're not under Christ. This is not from the grace of God. This is not from learning of Christ. He, when you start learning of Christ, you have an independence about yourself. So a person who is lazy lacks understanding. He is ignorant of what's happening. But in the book of Acts, it says, God says, at the time of our ignorance, God went. But now he commanded men all in all places everywhere to repent in other words to turn to him and to gain knowledge and understanding because understanding you remember i told you that was part of being blind that you don't see you heard people say well now i see now in other words 
Now they understand. They're no longer in darkness. They've gotten wise. They've gotten an understanding of wisdom. They've gained in wisdom. If you're looking for this one, I probably entitled it, The Flood is Up on Us. A lot of times I don't entitle my teachings until I'm about to do them, or sometimes I change the titles. Well, the name of this one is The Flood is Up on Us, because it's false doctrine. The flood we're talking about, a flood of false doctrine, a flood of epic proportion because of the false prophets and the false teachers that he's talking about here, where Satan ministers has been transformed into angels of darkness, I mean, into ministers of light, in other words, with lying signs and wonders. So you will have to study, be a good Berean to get ahead of these people or they will bamboozle you. You, you. It's not easy to tell a false prophet. A lot of people say, well, I can tell he a false prophet. No, not if he's preaching the word of God. They're not going to come with a different Bible. They're going to come with that very Bible, and maybe a King James or whatever version it is, but they will come preaching out of the word of God. Yes. But you're not proficient in the word of God. If you're not proficient... Plus, if you're not studying the Word of God, in other words, researching it and consistently applying time in the Word of God, you're not going to understand it. Many people have been going to church 30 or 40 years and don't know certain things was in the Bible or don't understand that which they know that's in the Bible. You have to have a prayer life to go along with that. You have to actually be practicing what it is that you believe. If this is what you believe, this is what you have to live. You can't be a hypocrite now. That's what the Pharisees was. Now, imagine the Pharisees is this group of people that he was talking to. Just like the, I was saying, the false prophets during the time of Judah and Israel, this was the Pharisees. Now, and, and listen to that. Jesus said, do as the Pharisees do. But, I mean, say, listen at what the Pharisees saying, but don't do as they do. But he also told them to beware because their doctrine, their teaching contains leaven. So you need the listening to Pharisees preaching and teaching because that's what they're depending on is the law of Moses. But what the false prophets and teachers do, they twist the word of God. They don't they can't rightly interpret it and they're lazy so they steal from one another so we see what would Jesus do, WWG. And then after a while, we see Jabez's prayers, prayers. We see different fads in religion during different generations. You see different religious fads go and come because that's what's popular. That's how religion is now as to what's popular. Listen at Revelation 12, 15 through 17. But you need to read that whole chapter to get the full context of it. He says that the serpent hurled water like a river out of his mouth after the woman so that he might cause her to be swept away with the flood. But the earth helped the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the river which the dragon hurled out of the mouth, out of his mouth. So the dragon was enraged with the woman and he went off to wage a war on the rest of her children, listen to that, the rest of her children, the rest of her seed, those who keep and obey the commandments of God 
and have the testimony of Jesus Christ holding firmly to it, bearing witness. That's a whole lot to swallow here. This flood coming out of the dragon's mouth. We know the dragon is safe and certain that old Satan, that old serpent, the dragon, the false prophets and the beast. In other words, the word here, the flood that comes out of his mouth is false doctrine. It's false teaching. We're in an update, in updated this day with too much information. That's why Daniel says in the last days, knowledge shall increase. But it's false. A lot of it's misinformation, not interpreted or explained information. So you have blogs, you have different people on, on, on Internet and online and thing that don't even have churches, just house churches or just someone that's preaching or have a blog or something that's teaching the word or whatever. So there's room for a lot of misinformation. And they came up with the house churches and all of these things. So this flood of information is like the news and everything without a without a, a glut of these things. Without a glut of these things, it's like the Ethiopian eunuch when he was reading the word of God and Philip joined himself to the chariot. He says, God has sent Philip to join himself to the chariot, right? Mm -hmm. He says, understand what thou readest. He said, well, how can I unless some man explain it to me? So God sent a preacher, sent Philip the evangelist. A lot of us try to understand this without reading it. Water inscription in scripture shows that it could be the water. He says, I'll, if any of you thirst come unto me a drink, and uh, he that believe it on me, as the scripture says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So water in scripture is symbolic of the word of God. But with that same symbolism, water could be good or bad. That water could be good or bad. So that flood that's aimed at the woman, notice it says the earth opened up its mouth and swallowed the flood. The earth here, the land, this is symbolic of the group of people. This is symbolic of all the of earth because that's what the earth is. It's taking in the word of God. And having no one to disseminate it, it's swallowing it. It says in some portions like Ezekiel that the poison of asp went out of their mouth or are in their tongues. In other words, the word of God is very deadly, but everybody out there is a preacher, teacher, evangelist, apostle or something. So the word is out there. There be many different voices. The earth of the world is in updated with the flood of false doctrine. God's doctrine, God's word from his preachers are only the true doctrine, but we see the earth swallowed up this flood, but that was the that was the dragon's purpose was to try to confuse the earth and send a lot of bad doctrine out there because people are generally lazy. 
They want to sleep and slumber. They want pleasure. They want it the easy way. Like I say, they want to go to church maybe a half an hour, 15 minutes a week uh, uh, and just get it all, you know, at that one time without going back to study the scriptures to see whether they be so. That's why Paul says, spend your time studying. Can't, no, one, no, no one can say that I didn't give them the resources and keep telling them, study God's word now because a lot of us may fall by the wayside. A lot of God's sheep are being eaten because that's something that you have to grow to love God's word and diligently search and seek after it. Your growth is dependent on it, how you pursue it. That's why it says each man with fear and trembling work out his own salvation. Your growth is dependent upon you. It's not dependent upon anybody else but you. So it's how you seek God and how hard you seek God. Each man's going to be rewarded with his work, with his diligence to seek after God. But if you slowfully wait for me to feed you the word of God, if the only time you pick up this Bible or hear something from this Bible is when you come in here, you may be one of the sheep that fall by the wayside, but I can almost guarantee you won't be one of the overcomers. That slowfulness, that's loving the slumber of sleep uh, about your own amusement, that's what's the Laodicean church. They were pleasure seekers. They thought they were rich and had need of any, hadn't, didn't have need of anything. They had the physical pleasures in life and money and material things, but they were in spiritual poverty. They were blind, poor, wretched, and naked. You have to labor to enter in. You have to work. That's what the grace of God does as preached. When you receive it by faith, faith has works. If you see someone not busy or not doing anything, he don't have any faith. That's what James says. I'll show you my faith by my work. So don't get me wrong. We can't work to own salvation. But a salvation of faith without works is a dead faith. It's a dead salvation. Jesus preached that we should be industrious, that we should be profitable servants. So this flood of false doctrine that permeated the earth, that was saturated, that fell on bad ground and fell on wayside ground it fell on anywhere because you can go anywhere just about and hear the word of god hear god's word that's why satan came preaching and trying to deceive jesus with the word of god but jesus understood the word of god when you get wisdom get understanding and get knowledge but you have to get it all you have to get the whole package yeah. so it fell upon the earth, so there's a lot of people. I was talking to my niece this week, and I told her, be careful with religion, be careful with Christianity, be careful because we have a national Christianity here that's a false one. This is the land of the Antichrist. This is Babylon that we live in. It was built upon these. Yes. So what we have to see is that this flood that the earth took, Notice it says, then he went off to wage war on the rest of the woman's children. In other words, this is the holy people that he's going out to fight. He says, the children of the seed, those who keep the commandments and obey the commandments. Who keep and obey the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Because this is where the battle is being fought at. 
It's a spiritual battle. There are many of people in the battle that don't understand the battle that's going to fall victim to it. Those will be the souls under the altar saying, how long, Lord, before you avenge our death? Because those was the milk. Those was the people that were fighting without a complete understanding of this. So this flood, this merciless flood that came out in the book of John, the seventh chapter, 38 through the 39th verse, it clearly represents God's spirit. Hold on. Yes, I say. And John 7, 38 through 39, it clearly represents God's Holy Spirit. This usage in turn has a direct connection to another usage. Uh, in this regard, Paul writes that he might sanctify us and cleanse us with the washing of water by the word. So God's word does wash us and cleanse us. But there is a word, there is doctrines of devils and doctrines of demons that would prohibit this, that we need to be careful that we're not giving that which is holy to the dogs or wasting our time, that we ask God for discernment and completely rely upon him. Because there's a lot of people empowering the false prophets and the false teachers giving power to the beast, just giving them your presence, your donations, your time, money, and effort. You're empowering the beast. As you empower the beast and go through, Satan sends out many different tactics. That's why it says, uh, beware of the devices and the tactics of Satan, because he's trying to trip you up in certain ways or whatever. And 24-7, there are different things that Satan sends out and to prove whether you're worthy or not as following God. And television is one of those things. Television is one of those things that has inundated the world. It has made man lazy. It has made man, in other words, how can I say this? The Internet and Television has made us not sift through uh, the realities of life. We look at things as being funny, that things that it's entertaining to us, and that's where the biggest fight. You you fight against somebody that's hooked on the Harry Potter series or the horror pictures or different things. Those are they make those the heroes. They make the villains the heroes. There's that thing on HBO or something they had Dexter where he was a serial killer or whatever. They have shows like Angel and everything where the dead, in other words, coming up with Halloween. You do Halloween. You know, that's the night of the dead celebrating those dead characters. That has a whole lot of evil significance that came out of Babylon that came from these mystery religions that had the occult in it. You know, when someone returns from the dead, the Bible tells us about necromancy. That's why Jesus told them, don't tell about this transfiguration and that they saw Moses and Jesus talking with Moses and Elijah or whatever to after he had risen after the resurrection. That's why the apostles were so afraid when they seen Jesus coming up to the boat. They thought it was a ghost or a spirit. 
They didn't know of the Holy Spirit. You see, the witch had Endor and Saul trying to put away all these things. Hoodoo, voodoo, and all of these things has really strong powers to it. That's why he says about a saucer and suffering of witch to live and necromancer and they have these heroes and everything that that's anti-Christ, anti-God. You're making the wrong thing. That's what's been winning sports. You don't see sportsmen like conduct in sports anymore. Mm-hmm. You, that's why I don't watch any sports anymore, because sports have become something that you really, if you see it, it's not like it used to be and not like it should be. It's the same thing with politics. Well, politics and religion is the same way. So you've got so much things on there, but you can hurt feelings and make enemies. You can make enemies of those in your household, those that know you or whatever. And it's a lonely road. You know, a lot of times I want to watch the football game. I want to watch, but I want to watch a good movie or something like that. But I know it's dangerous for me because I'll end up pulling for something that's evil. They put two evil things up there and say, which one is good? Neither one of them is good. So you have the forces of two things. So what we're learning and what and with MTV, they say with the advent of MTV and everything, that they made the hero, they made the younger people empowering them that's why in the bible it says your your leaders shall be children so if you notice just like this year with the with lsu and with all of the sports all of those teenagers who with nil or whatever where they're getting paid or whatever you have multi-millionaire children that's been in school two or three years in college now they're rich with contracts and everything that's what your children go after, and that's their idols now. So you've bred covetousness into them. So they're lazy. The reason it says lazy and slumbering is because they can be gifted with a natural talent and get wealthy, but looked up to worship. So hard work no more is not a virtue any longer. And so we have all that, and we have the lottery. I think the lottery is up to one half billion dollars or something now. It's to get rich quick in all of these things. So what has happened is we see in Ezekiel that ease and pleasure have become insatiable with careless ease. We've had careless ease and Television makes it look easy, and that's one of the ways that causes you to be lazy. You can sit down and stream a whole season of shows within a matter of a, a week's time, or a few days' time. You can watch a whole season of shows. Yeah. Men develop man caves or something. They don't want their wife in there. You don't see that. They don't see that children. They right not raising their children. Whatever. It's a man cave. They call it. They're in there watching double headers, and you can watch football if you get the direct access or whatever the channel. You can watch football eight to twelve hours a day or something like that. Mm-hmm. Leisure and television had made it so 
You don't have to have a certain time. You remember it used to be to where you had to be at home a certain time to watch Walt Disney or Disney World or watch this movie or something, but you can call it up on demand at any time. Television, microwave in the world, everything has made easy. But the Bible speaks against the easy way and not working, being diligent at work. Proverbs 24, 30 through 34 says, I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man lacking understanding and common sense. And behold, it was all overgrown with thorns and nettles were covering its surface, and its stone wall was broken down. When I saw, I considered it well, and I looked and received instructions. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and a daydream, then your poverty was come as a robber and like all man. So all society is geared to do now is make it easier for you to hurry up and get the job done and rest and take it easy. But instead of rest and taking it easy and focus on the family or something worthy, you just add in more pursuits and things in that time. Yes. You just add in so you never do get that coveted rest that you're seeking at. But what God wants you to be is spiritually rich. That's why he said the land to see and thought he had no need of anything but he was poor, wretched, and naked because we need our relationship to be rich with God and to produce the right things. So as to achieve this requires a good deal of effort on our parts. We have to apply ourselves to study God's word, but we have to live a sacrificial life. That's why Jesus says, deny yourself and take up your cross and follow after me because it's opposite from the world's way the world's way is money and material things and the church now say that godliness is gain so the world looks at half things materially is successful and not knowing that jesus says you poor wretched and naked that you think you have no need of nothing Secular people learn these principles of working hard. There's a lot of people out there working hard and not that the lay of the sin was lazy. Apparently he worked hard physically or whatever, but there were no spiritual work. You have to be to be rich toward God and you have to work. You have to, in other words, put time in in prayer. How many people are when we when we leave here, when we come in here, how many churches do you see? with people there in corporate prayer. Tell me how many hours a day or how many minutes a day, how much time a day do you devote to praying to God? Because we know it says to pray always, cease not to pray. But just tell me how many minutes or how many days do you have dedicated just to get on your knees or however you pray to pray to God? How much time of that are you putting in? That's hard work. Prayer is hard work. Mm -hmm. How much time are you putting into Bible study in researching the Word of God, studying the Word of God? I have a son-in-law that's a doctor of mass communication and journalism or whatever. But you know, they're laughing and talking about him. Even his own mother said, if he say anything about that 
thing again or whatever because it was some eight years that he was working on his paper, his thesis. He went to college for four years, but for another four years he had to work. And most of that four years was on his thesis. During that time he taught classes and did other work or whatever. Now it's paying off for him. He works at Xavier. He's a professor at Xavier now. But it was hard work to get that doctorate degree. So when you studying to show yourself approval, you say that preacher, that that preacher should have been, it takes, I don't know how much, that's why I've been starting to give you all the notes, Sister Harris, you say, well, give me your notes, Pastor, all of them, because I have so many pages of notes, it's only 10 or 12 of them that I give to y'all, but you don't realize the paperwork a preacher has to go through if he's researching different articles and things and studying. They had the school of the prophets even back during those times. That's why they have seminary and everything. Now it's even much more difficult because there's a lot of fluff out there. There's a lot of false prophets out there. It's a lot of teaching, so you have to eliminate some things. Some things you read as a dead end. Some commentaries are good on some things, but some things they are not. There's different translations of the Bible that you're comparing to get the right thing to present it to your people. But with all of this work and everything, some people just take a sermon and they're, oh, that was for him and that, not realizing whatever God gave was for them also. What I say to one, I say to all. So you should have gotten something out of there. If you miss Bible study, you've missed a, a, a large component of my preaching because my preaching is only the Spirit of God trying to put meat up on the bones that I've already laid the skeleton and all of these parts out, and I've put it together. Now when he told Ezekiel to speak unto the bones, to bring life into them. So preaching and teaching is different. Yes. So teaching, you learn the basics. So how much time are you putting in God's word? Or are you lazy and you just want it on a lot of people say, can I get that on tape? They got it now where people just want to eat and eat, but they don't want to work out or whatever. They want a Zempic or some uh, panacea or something where they can lose weight without working out. That they can, can sit on their couch and continually eat and take some kind of pill or something. Is there a pill I can take? That's why the religions, are, the preachers and the teachers are so wealthy now because in the olden days, the people studied the word of God, lived the word of God, and prayed to God, and he got it from God. But now people are making countless billions of dollars for getting a 12 steps to prayer, 12 steps to this, and another book to explain this book. What was uh, the purpose-driven church? Living your best life now. All of these preachers and teachers get wealthy reading books that people think, that I can just read this book and this is the way, and they don't want the old-fashioned way. The Word of God. You know, back then, that's why they built schools and hospitals and all of the, the world preceded. And most of those people couldn't read or write or whatever, but they 
heard what the preacher was preaching today, put it to effect, and people were better listeners there. Nowadays, we're not very good listeners. Our attention span, thanks to television, we don't have an attention span. We can't stay focused on one thing. That's why most families don't watch television together anymore, because if you're watching television with your wife, with your children or whatever, if you're eating dinner with them, somebody's going to be on the iPad. Somebody's going to be on the telephone. And not knowing that you can't focus on two things. That's why, you know, state phones tell me if I'm on that phone driving, if I'm doing everything, it has that monitor to let me know. And it tells me what percentage of my time on that phone doing. Because you can say you can focus on more than one thing at a time or not, but we're not designed that way. You might could be aware of it. But watchfulness and diligence is different from hearing somebody talking, you know, my children playing or whatever. I can kind of keep an eye on them. But if something pertinent happens up, I can tell or distinguish something that's really important. And I have to stop everything else to focus up on this. Yes. Hmm. So it's not paramount watching television with people anymore. That's why they have the man caves in the different places or whatever, because people can't watch television together anymore. We don't have the unity. That's why the Bible tells you the unity of the faith and the unity of the spirit. That's why God scattered the people at Babylon so they couldn't understand one another. Well, we still in that scattered time. Babylon is scattered. It's, it's, that's how God scattered his people. But he calls us out of Babylon to start hearing his voice, his oneness, and his teaching. But we must not sleep and slumber as the world sleeps and slumbers. Uh, I tell you, if you read the book of Proverbs, that chapter we were in, it talks about laziness and slothfulness, which God is specifically against laziness and slothfulness. The Song of Solomon, I don't know how many of us read that Song of Solomon, how much attention we pay, pray to it, pay to it. But the Shulamite bride in the book of Song of Solomon, the third chapter and the first verse, it says, on my bed, on my bed, night after night, I dreamed that I sought the one whom my soul loves. I sought him, but did not find him. I said I must arise now and go out into the city into the streets and into the squares, places I do not know, I must seek him whom my soul loves. I sought him, but I did not find him. The watchman who go around the city found me and said, and I said, have you seen him whom my soul loves? Scarcely had I passed them when I found him whom my soul loves. I held on to him and would not let him go until I had brought him to my mother's house and into the chamber of her of her who conceived me and the bridegroom says i command you that you take an oath o daughters of jerusalem by the gazelles or by the doves of the field that you do not rouse nor awaken my love until she pleases so this woman went out to find the bridegroom it's a picture of the church searching for christ when she finds christ she brings him home 
And that's her first love. That's the love of her life. But notice that it took effort. She had to stop her dreaming. She had to stop dreaming and slumber and pursue. We have to seek God. He says, seek him as you're seeking treasure, as you're seeking gold. And when you find him, when you find this prized possession, you don't let it go. You pay diligent attention to it. But if you would keep reading in that same chapter, there's three different versions of this happening. And one of them, she gets so sleep, so full of slumber, so into her pleasure that she don't hear the bridegroom knocking on the door and don't answer it. But when she does rise to answer it and went out to look for him, the watchman beat her. They misused and abused her. You know, that's a picture of Israel that knew not the time of their visitation. When he told Jerusalem and the Pharisees that they knew not the time of their visitation. Sometime when we should be working and when we should be finding out what we have there, we're slumbering and sleeping. That's why he says the day is the day of salvation. The other portion of that, we can go to Matthew, the 25th chapter, the parable of the wise and the foolish virgins, which is could have depicted sleeper cells in the church, those groups that aid the enemy by lethargy and inactivity. There's a lot of people in the church that are sleepers. They're lethargic. And they arise at the last minute and notice that they all slumbered and they all slept. Yes, yes. But it was the five foolish that had slept and not trimmed their lamps. When it says the five wise had trimmed their lamps, these were the ones that continually put oil in their lamps. It says be filled with the Spirit. Keep continually filled with the Spirit. These people were vigilant. In other words, naturally, as being individuals, they did. They all, it says they all slumber and sleep. But there was a certain amount of activity. So we're not working all of the time. But the majority of your time should be trimming your lamps. Should be studying the word of God. Getting ahead because everybody that says Jesus, everybody that says a Christian, you will have to, if you end this war, you will be part of the ones that start using your sword to keep these people off you to start defending the faith. There's a battle that's brewing here that starts to brew. Notice that they, they're not of the socialistic persuasion when the five wise and the five foolish arose that went out to meet the bridegroom and the five foolish didn't have enough oil and they say, give us some of your oil. They wasn't socialists. They says, if we give you some of ours, we won't have enough. You go to those that buy and sell. It's going to come a time when you every tub's going to have to sit on his own bottom when your work is going to show. You, you're not going to be able to carry your brother. Each person's going to have to work out their own salvation. So how diligent are you? Because mom may not make it. Dad may not make it. Sister or brother says it's, he's going to cause divisions in the household because 
their personal preferences is what divided the household in the first place. In other words, Jesus Christ's words were saying one thing, but their pride and their sluggishness and self-centeredness, they didn't want to give up their pleasures. They didn't want to deny themselves. And work at that time and being industrious at that time. Proverbs talks about he that don't plow during the harvest time. Well, it's time for you to should have been working. Now you want some of what I have. And it's not going to work that way. And it divides the household because the flesh and the spirit are at enmity to one another. Jesus did that. God did that in the beginning. He said enmity between the woman's seed and the seed of the in the world. There are two seeds in the earth. Yes. yes. So that that's gonna be working. That's why Paul gave them uh he said that it was all right to separate a divorce if you find that in the scriptures in the book of Corinthians because for you to be at peace. Because there's some no reconciliation. It wasn't any way that Ahab was to reconcile Ahab, Ahab was to reconcile Jezebel to his way of thinking. So that's why when Paul spoke on that issue or whatever, you might have gotten hooked up with the wrong person. These things happen. That's why I say scripturally, you have to follow God and let God speak to you because he may not say the same thing to you that he says to me about a particular situation because each person's situation is different. Amen. The precept is the same. The principle. So there's an underlying precepts there. So Paul, a lot of people don't know whether Paul was married or whether he was a widower or his wife had died, he divorced or whatever. But we know Peter was married. But he says power, God had given him the power to lead about a wife or a spouse or whatever. But he wasn't in that same situation Peter was. So what we have to see here is that a sleeper group lies dormant. There are some people in life. Later in life, they're calling or something changed. You say, well, something was about that person and he changed. Well, no, that's what he was all the time. But God's word came into his life. He heard the word of God and it brought out what he already was, what God made him. But some people... You married this guy, and he's not working or whatever. He was working until after you got married or whatever. Well, that's his natural way of being. You met him. He was a dog when you met him. And that's why Paul says, beware of dogs. Philippians 3 and 2, when it says, beware of dogs, beware of the concision, is because there are those that come into the church that are dogs. You know, you let them preach or whatever, and You've seen him, he's a nice looking evangelist, a preacher or whatever, you go after him, and then after you're married a few years or whatever, now he's running around on you and 
he didn't kill you or you didn't kill him, you didn't divorce or something happened. No, it's just that the dog returned to his vomit. That which had made him sick, he had came out of the world for one time. He came in church, or she came in church and said she was tired of living that life or whatever. But they wasn't truly converted. They were just a false professor. They got away from that life for a time, but the dog, Peter says, the same thing that made him sick, he returns to that same vomit and eating it that made him sick. He even returned to that same life. Well, I'm going to change him. I'm going to turn him. You think you're going to change him. If the word of God doesn't change him, the word of God doesn't turn goats into sheep. These were lost, he says, from the foundations of the world. God had given him these from the foundations of the world. So maybe they wasn't lost anyhow. They were just sheep in the first place. Philippians say, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same thing to you. To me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. But there are a lot of sweet talkers. They look good. They have a good oration or whatever. Their confidence is in the flesh. Their confidence is, is in what they can see. Godliness is gain, but when times and pressure and hard times of persecution or something comes, you will see that their God is their belly. They might have married you or whatever, but they will end up putting all their money on themselves. They're not going to put their money on the kid. They're not going to be able to help raise those kids or whatever. Or the woman could leave the kids or the husband or whatever. She might have can do it. But when hard times, you see, when hard times come, how many people go through hard times with you? Yeah. You see, that's, that's what they were looking at. But some people are lazy. As long as things come in easy, as long as they have a good job that's paying well or whatever. But what happens when you lose that job? Are you willing to work at some other job? Are you willing to work for less pay? You see, that's some of the proudest people they are, is poor people. Yeah. That they can't work for that much. You got to pay them much more than that to work. Some people are too proud to receive help. All of those things get in the way. So what we have to do is uh, that as you learn, you have to beware Instead of the concision of, of evil men. In other words, fast talkers. And, and that's where we get swoon at. In the book of Romans, Paul talks about the Jewish people. He said, my brother, brethren, my heart's desire and prayers to God is for Israel, that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. So there are people out there preaching from themselves, and God hadn't committed the word of reconciliation to him. He, he hadn't sent them, and we're going to talk about it deeply as we talk, go into the false teachers, that he told Jeremiah, 
they had ran, but I hadn't sent them. Those was false preachers and false teachers, and he's he was going to send preachers after his own heart. In other words, to give you understanding, but it's a lot of preachers and a lot of teachers out there that he had not sent, and that they hadn't spoken according to the word of knowledge. In other words, they're trying to bring you unto the unto law, and they're not asking you or not directing you into understanding of the word of God. In other words, how can I say this? Are you able to pray to God that sometime when you come here after praying to God and, and petitioning God, that when you come in, you hear something or something is given to you in which you have prayed for or asked God about that puts you into a confirmed mode that you know that this is God because this is what you're praying for. This is what you're looking for. Uh, many a times, you know, different people didn't come in and Sister Harris was famous for it. Well, Pastor, that's, that's just what I was with. Because when you hunger a thirst for righteousness, you shall be fed. So if you somewhere that you're not getting fed, and I don't care if it's your cousin, your daddy, your uncle, your brother, your husband, your wife, or whoever, if they're not feeding you, any animal that's not being fed, he's going to leave home. He's going to go away being fed. But you have to feed them sheep food. So if what I'm giving you, I, I ask you, are you uh, is it understanding? Uh, sometimes Sister Harris or some people would ask, well, could you preach or teach on this or whatever? But if you're not getting understanding of it, a confirmation that you're on the right road or that this is coming from God, I think you should search further or seek further. If it's not satisfying, in other words, now I'm not saying reject it on a carnal basis. In other words, he hurt my feelings, and that's not something I want to hear. You know, I love doing this, and that's what he's talking against, you know. My yeah. sister Harris said, what did DeWalt really do? Well, you know, if I'm saying something that hurts your carnal feelings, but it's it's critical to your spiritual life, that's different. You've told you told me that on several times that Pastor, you could say this and say that, but it strengthens me. Yes. So Paul told them that he had wounded them and he said things that caused them to sorrow. But that's what you call getting reflective because that's what the word does. It washes you to what's in you. It causes you to work and look and now I didn't say this. It didn't hurt you. It didn't got you where to you go back and search the scriptures to see is this right? Is it right when I talk against sleep? Is it right when I talk against these things that I've been talking about today? Yes. If we go back and study, and like I say a lot of times, study your notes because sometimes I may not get it off in teaching trying to bring it all in here together this way. But... I am working to try to put you awareness. It says a dog that won't bark to keep silent. I'm trying to raise the alarm to, to you to tell you we have to be studying. We have to put more time into the word of God. We have to pray to God to send help, to send people, because 
I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not shy. If somebody else wants to teach or, or say anything, please do. If you misunderstand my daughter's church, I don't know how many times they meet or whatever. I'm not saying that they shouldn't meet that many times. I'm saying, why are you meet? And that's what I tell you. The reason we meet as many times a week that we do is I think we need to get much more teaching in. I need to get you in a frame of mind to studying the word of God because if the preachers could see, and these were blind, they wasn't telling the people that judgment was coming. They didn't tell the people the Babylonians was coming. They didn't tell them the Assyrians coming because they couldn't see themselves. It was the blind leading the blind, and they enjoyed all of these things and some of them were dead the next day. Some preachers are dead the next day. They hadn't prepared their children, in other words, their spiritual children, to have the ability to stand up on their own feet. Just like as a, a father, I feel good physically because I don't think any of my children don't have a good work habit. But I pray to God that they get a stronger spiritual habit. So I, I think all of them would make it in this economy at any time because they are not lazy. But you remember I tell you the spirit, physical mirrors, the spiritual. Mm-hmm. Well, just like I don't want them physical lazy in working, I don't want them spiritual lazy in not working. Because that's the battle that's going to win. So I'm trying to position, this was an introductory into this. I'm going to teach on this about three or four more times because it's a combination of being ignorant. And a lot of people hate that word that he uses here. He uses the word ignorant. They are ignorant and they are dumb. In other words, as one preacher said, they're stupid. Stupid is a word. And a lot of people say, that's so offensive. And we're living in a woke culture now, a council culture, that say everything is offensive. Everything is mental. But we have to chasten you with these words because at the time of their ignorance, God winked. But now he's no longer winking. He had set teachers. He had set preachers, evangelists. He had set the fivefold ministry and that we have to study to show ourselves approved. We're coming into a battle that we can't be ignorant and it's going to require Hitting the books. And I, I know you say, well, you're, you're the pastor. You, you have the time to study and to pray or whatever. Okay. But what I'm asking you, it's going to be for your benefit. It's just like the Sabbath. The more you use the Sabbath, the more the Sabbaths will increase in you because Christ is your rest. The more time you spend with God, the more time he's going to give you to spend with him. That's what I say. So people that has a family. If you work to spend more time with your family, you'll start cutting out extracurricular activities and spend that more time with your family. Unless you put forth an effort and make that sacrifice and pushing, it's not going to be easy and people could talk about you. But you must push. The kingdom of heaven suffer it violent and the violent taking it by force. Christ speaks of the overcomers. So it's going to take a little bit of extra effort upon your part. But to he that overcometh, those that he's going to give the rule and reign with him. Heavenly Father, as we 